The Tinderbox by Hans Christian Andersen. The soldier came marching down the high road. Left, right, left, right. He had his knapsack on his back and a sword at his side, for he had been to the wars, and now he was on his way home. As he was marching along, he met an old witch on the high road. She was the ugliest sight you ever saw. Her lower lip hung right down on her chest. Said she, Good evening, soldier. What a nice sword you've got, and what a big knapsack. You're a proper soldier. Now you shall have as much money as you want. That's very kind of you, old witch, said the soldier. Do you see that big tree? said the witch, pointing to the one that stood close to them. It's quite hollow. Climb up to the top and you'll see a hole. Let yourself slide down it and you'll get deep down into the tree. I'll tie a rope round your waist so that I can hoist you up again when you shout for me. What do you want me to do at the bottom of the tree? asked the soldier. Fetch money, said the witch. Tell me, oh, let me tell you that when you get down to the bottom of the tree, you'll find yourself in a large passage. It's perfectly light because there are hundreds of lamps burning in it. Next, you'll see three doors. You can open them all, for the keys are in the locks. If you go to the first room, there in the middle of the floor, you'll see a big chest. On top of it, it's a dog with a pair of eyes as big as saucers. But never you mind about that, I'll give you my blue checked apron. Spread it out on the floor, then quickly grab the dog, put him on my apron, open the chest, and take as many pennies as you like. They're all copper, but if you'd rather have silver, then you'd better go into the next room. There sits a dog with eyes as big as mill wheels. But never you mind about that. Put him down on my apron and help yourself to the money. However, if you want gold, you can get that too. And as much as you can carry when you go into the third room. But I warn you, the dog that sits on the chest there has two eyes, each of them as big as the round tower. There's a dog for you and no mistake. But never you mind about that. Just put him down on my apron, then he won't do you any harm, and you can take as much gold as you like out of the chest. That's not a bad idea, said the soldier. But what am I to give you in return, old witch? For I suppose you want your share. No, said the witch. I don't want a single penny. I only want you to bring me an old tinderbox which my grandmother forgot last time she was down there. Right you are. Tie the rope round my middle, said the soldier. Here it is, said the witch, and here's my blue checked apron. So the soldier scrambled in up into the tree, let himself drop down through the hole, and there he was, as the witch had said, in the big passage where the hundreds of lamps were burning. Then he opened the first door. Oh, there sat the dog with eyes as big as saucers glaring at him. You're a handsome fellow, said the soldier. He set him down on the witch's apron and took as many coppers as he could carry in his pockets. Then he shut the chest, put the dog back in his place, and went into the second room. Gracious! There sat the dog with eyes as big as mill wheels. 
You shouldn't glare at me like that, said the soldier. You might strain your eyes. Then he sat the dog down on the witch's apron, but when he saw the masses of silver coins in his chest, he threw away all the coppers he had and filled both pockets and knapsack with nothing but silver. And now he went into the third room. Horrors! The dog in there actually had two eyes as big as the round tower, and they were turning round in his head like wheels. Good evening, said the soldier, and he saluted, for he never in his life had for never in his life had he seen such a dog. But after he looked at him for a bit, he thought to himself, That will do. Then he lifted him down on the floor and opened the chest. By Jove, what a lot of gold there was. Enough to buy a whole, the whole of Copenhagen, as well as all the cake woman's sugar pigs, all the tin soldiers, whips, and rocking horses in the world. There was money if ever there was any. Or there was money if ever there was any. So the soldier promptly threw away all the silver coins he had stuffed in his pockets and knapsack and took the gold instead. He filled his pockets, knapsack, cap, and boots to the brim so that he could hardly walk. Now he really had got some money. He put the dog back on the chest, slammed the door, and then shouted up through the tree. Now hold me up, old witch. Have you got the tinder box? asked the witch. Bother, said the soldier. I'd clean forgotten it, and he went straight back to get it. The witch hoisted him up, and there he was once more on the high road, with his pockets, boots, knapsack, and cap, all filled with gold. What do you want the tinderbox for? asked the soldier. That's none of your business, said the witch. You've got your money, now give me the tinderbox. Stop and nonsense, said the soldier. Tell me at once what you want it for, or I'll draw my sword and cut your head off. I shan't, said the witch. So the soldier cut her head off. There she lay. But, that's gruesome. Um, but he tied all his money up in her apron, slung the bundle over his shoulder, put the tinderbox in his pocket, and went straight to the town. It was a fine town, and he put up at the very finest inn. He ordered the fi very finest rooms and food that he liked the best, for he was rich now that he had all the mon that money. The servant who had to clean his boots could not help thinking that they were rather shabby old things for such a rich man to have, but the soldier hadn't yet bought himself any new ones. Next day, however, he got decent boots and some smart clothes. He had now become a fashionable gentleman, and people told him all about the sights of their town, about the king and what a pretty princess his daughter was. "'Where is she to be seen?' asked the soldier." She is not to be seen at all, everyone said. She lives in a big copper castle with lots and lots of walls and towers all around it. Nobody but the king can come and go as he likes, because it has been foretold that she'll marry a common soldier, and the king doesn't fancy the idea. I should like to see her, thought the soldier, but of course that was absolutely out of the question. And now he had a jolly good time. He went to the theater, drove in the royal park, and gave pots of money to the poor. That was a very nice thing to do, for he remembered so well from the old days how awful it was to be without a single penny. Now that he was rich and well-dressed, he suddenly got heaps of friends who all said what a splendid fellow he was, a real gentleman, and that flattered his vanity. But as he was spending a good deal of money every day and never making any, he soon found himself with only two pence left and had to move from the nice rooms he had occupied and live in a pokey little attic right up under 
the roof. He had to clean his own boots and mend them with a darning needle, and none of his friends came to see him, for there were so many stairs to climb. One evening, when it was quite dark and he could not even buy himself a candle, he suddenly remembered there was a piece of one in the tinderbox the witch had sent him down into the tree to get for her. He took out the tinderbox and the candle end, but the very instant he struck a light and the spark flew from the flint, the door sprang open and the dog that he had seen down in the tree with eyes as big as saucers stood before him and said, what are your lordship's commands? What's this? said the soldier. I call that a jolly fine tinder box. If I can get anything I want so easily, fetch me some money, he said to the dog, and pop, he had gone. Pop, he was back again, holding a large bag of pennies in his mouth. The soldier now realized what a precious tinder box it was. If he struck once, the dog which sat on the chest with the coppers appeared. If he struck twice, it was the one that had the silver money, and if he struck three times, there was the dog with the gold. So the soldier moved back into his nice rooms, put on his smart clothes, and once again his friends knew him, and, oh, and at once all his friends knew him again, and of course were tremendously fond of him. He suddenly thought to himself, it seems to me rather queer that one can't get sight of that princess. She's supposed to be so very pretty, according to what they all say. But what's the use if she's to stay forever inside the big copper castle with all those towers? Can't I manage to see her somehow? Where is that tinderbox of mine? So he struck a light, and pop! There was the dog with eyes as big as saucers. I know it's the middle of the night, said the soldier. But I do so want to see the princess, if only for a minute. In a flash, the dog was out the door, and before the soldier had time to think, he was back again with the, with the princess. She was sitting fast asleep on the dog's back, and she was so lovely that anybody could see she was a real princess. The soldier could not help it. He simply had to kiss her, for he was a true soldier. <laughs> Sounds like a true jerk. Then the dog ran back with the princess, but in the morning, when the king and queen were having breakfast, the princess said she had such a strange dream about a dog and a soldier. He had been riding on the dog, and the soldier had kissed her. She had been riding on the dog, and the soldier had kissed her. That's a pretty tale, I must say, exclaimed the queen. One of the old ladies-in-waiting was ordered to keep watch the following night at the princess's bedside to see whether it was really a dream or what else it could be. The soldier was dying to see the lovely princess again, so the dog came in at the night, picked her up, and ran as fast as he could, but the old lady-in-waiting put on her rubber boots and ran after him just as fast. When she saw them disappear into a large house, she thought, now I know where it is, and she drew a large cross on the door with a bit of chalk. Then she went back home to bed, and the dog came back too with the princess. But when he saw that there was a cross drawn on the door where the soldier lived, he got a bit of chalk as well and drew crosses on all the doors in the whole town. And that was clever of him, for now the lady-in-waiting could not find the right door when there was a cross on every one of them. Early in the morning, the king and queen, the old lady-in-waiting, and all the officers came to see where the princess had been. There it is, said the king, when he saw the first door with a cross on it. No, it's there, my dear, said the queen, who saw the next door with a cross on it. But here's one, and there's one, they all said. Whenever they, Wherever they looked, there were crosses on the doors. 
Then they realized it was no use searching. The queen, however, was a very clever woman who could do other things than just drive about in a coach. She took her large gold scissors, cut up a piece of silk, and made a nice little bag of it. She filled it with fine buckwheat flour, tied it into the princess onto the princess's back, and when that was done, she snipped a little hole in the bag so that the buckwheat flour could trickle out wherever the princess went. That night, the dog came again, took the princess on his back, and ran off with her to the soldier who loved her so very much, and who would have given anything to be a prince so as to be able to make her his wife. The dog never noticed how the buckwheat flour was trickling out all the way from the castle as far as the soldier's window, up to which he was climbing with the princess. Next morning it was obvious to the king and queen where their daughter had been, so the soldier was arrested and clapped into prison. There he sat. Ugh, how dark and dismal it was. And besides, they said to him, Tomorrow you're going to be hanged. It wasn't much of a joke to hear that, and he'd left his tinderbox behind at the inn. Next morning he could see through the iron bars of the little window how people were hurrying out of the town to see him hanged. He heard the drums and saw the soldiers march off. Everybody was running. Among the crowd there was a cobbler's apprentice wearing a leather apron and slippers. He was galloping on at such a pace that one of his slippers came off and flew against the wall where the soldier was peering through the iron bars. "'Hi, my lad. You needn't be in such a hurry,' shouted the soldier. "'Nothing will happen till I get there. But I wish you'd run to my lodging and get me my tinderbox. I'll give you four pence for your trouble, but you must go like the wind.' The cobbler's apprentice was only too anxious to earn the fourpence, so he dashed off to get the tinderbox, gave it to the soldier, and, well, you just wait and see. Outside the town, a great gallows had been built. Soldiers and hundreds of thousands of people stood round it. The king and queen sat on a splendid throne just opposite the judge and the whole council. The soldier was already standing on the ladder. But just as they were going to put the noose around his neck, he said it was customary to grant a criminal one harmless request before he suffered to death. He would very much like to smoke a pipe of tobacco. It would be the last pipe he could smoke in this world. The king had not the heart to refuse him that, so the soldier took his tinderbox and struck a light. One, two, three. Look, there were all the dogs. The one with eyes as big as saucers, the one with eyes like the mill wheels, mill wheels, and the one with eyes as big as the round tower. Save me and don't let them hang me, said the soldier. Then the dogs went for the judge and the whole council seized them one by one, oh, seized one by the legs, another by the nose, and tossed them so many furlongs up in the air that they fell down and were smashed to pieces. Not me, not me, said the king. But the biggest dog seized both him and the queen and tossed them up in the air after all the others. Then the soldiers got frightened, and all the people shouted, Soldier lad, you shall be our king and marry the beautiful princess. So they put the soldier in the king's coach, and all, the th all three dogs danced in front of it and shouted hurrah. The boys whistled between their fingers, and the soldiers presented arms. The princess got out of the copper castle and became queen, and that suited her down to the ground. The wedding festivities lasted for a week, and all the dogs sat down with the other guests and stared in round-eyed wonder. And that's the end, but I feel like there should be more. <laughs>